I've got a big hand. I've got big just hands. Just one? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just got the one. You should get that checked out. My dad is Popeye, but my mom is a Cabbage Patch kid. I don't want to know how that courting process worked. Gibbity, gibbity, gibbity. Um, uh, really cute there, little Bo Biggins. <laughs> <laughs> was it? it was my Popeye seducing let's, a let's, cabbage patch. Let's not, let's not dissect that any further. I, don't, I think it's yeah. perfect as... as. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to Tapes, Tapes, Tapes. This is a podcast about old movies starring yours truly, Evan William Crockett, and this is my co-host, Rush Howell. Oh, I'm... I'm Rush Howell. <laughs> Here's the tape situation. No, say your real names. Yeah, we've both been listening to another podcast. Yeah, like, should we? I guess we should plug that <laughs> podcast. It's called. Uh, hey, we're just gonna plug our favorite. <laughs> we're not even gonna finish our intro. There's a watch. Listen to a different podcast called "Here's the Situation" with TJ Jagodowski and Rush Howell. Yeah, it's good. Hey, it's- hey welcome to Tapes, Tapes, Tapes. <laughs> <laughs> no, you said we're not gonna finish the intro. That that's. Oh, we're not even gonna finish it. No, no, that's okay. that's our intro. Is is to plug another podcast about two white dudes. Arguably funnier. I'm not gonna argue that they are or aren't. Um, they're certainly both white. How's <laughs> how's it going, Josh? <laughs> uh, I'm great. I'm great. I'm great. <laughs> You're great. How's the new place, man? How you still loving that new that new new in uh, West Oakland or wherever the hell you're living now? Yeah, I'm in West Oakland. No, uh, Evan lives in West Oakland, and I live in Chicago. I don't live in West and, Oakland. Uh, West I wish. Oakland. I wish I lived in West. No, I don't know. Do I? <laughs> God, I would have to pay so much more. Let's talk a little bit about the financial situation of this podcast. I'd have this, to pay. This is a garbage intro. <laughs> no, it's good. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's the worst. I'm just yoloing it, dude. You only yolo once. You only YOLO, you only YOLO once. That's some Inception YOLOing right there. All right, I, have, I do have to to say I, shout outs to uh, my, my brother-in-law, Nick Wolf. He's the first one who ever said that, so I can't take... You only YOLO once? Yeah, I can't take full credit for that, but um, the, the first time... Oh, you're so disappointed. Yeah, I lo- I thought it was OG. Well, it's pretty good, dude. That's Nick Wolf. Shout outs, Nick Wolf. Follow him on. Shout outs to Nick Wolf. Follow him oh. on Twatch Blur. Um, Josh, what is the conceit yep. of this podcast? Hey, everybody! Welcome to Tapes, Tapes, Tapes. I can't say it without a podcast about old movies. Yay! Uh, that's Evan, your host. Uh-huh. I'm Josh. And I just eat things. Uh, and uh, we watch old movies from our childhood and see if they've aged well. Have they aged badly? Have they aged goodly? Let's find out. You find out. Um, now, yeah. uh, I live in... Uh, I'm doing it again. Yeah, what? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. We're never going to talk about <laughs> like this like looking movie. for a teleprompter. Uh 
Do you think that that would help you if it was written out? Would that help? Probably not. No. Are you good at Are you good at reading out loud? <laughs> are you good at reading? What a dick. No. No. Well, no. I'm not good at reading out loud. You're you're you were never that kid. No. I Dude, I, I was that like kid I, for I, sure. I I I like I can I can I can speak pretty confidently in a public setting about something I know about very easily. Like I, I'm totally fine with that. But as soon as you hand me like a sheet of paper mm-hmm. and I got to say what's on there, like it does not work. Like I tried that. I had to do like the opening for one of our venues in Chicago. And I had to like read a little speech that like Ooh. somebody wrote that was like, welcome to the opening. And I had to read it. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, like, why did I, what, why did I go to school? That's for so interesting. Theater? I mean, I, I guess know. it. I guess it's different, right? Like memorizing lines, and you're you're not having to read. But but for you, it's like really the connecting the the words on paper to out loud. Just you're just not confident with it. I'm terrible at cold reads. Or do you yeah. think that that's actually like? Is, is it that you're not confident, or do you think you just lack the skill? I don't know. I, it's not that I'm confident. Like I'm still doing it. Like, yeah. And I'm fine with it. Like, I am the, very good at it. I, that is something that I am like, I I just know that I think I'm better at that actually than I am speaking off the cuff. Like this, this podcast has taught me one of my biggest areas of improvement could be finalizing a thought and not just kind of saying everything that I need to say and then sort of letting it trail off into, uh, yeah, well, I spoke for five minutes. Do you agree with the things I said now? Now you talk. <laughs> All right, the last five minutes of recordings was not usable at all. What did we watch this week, Josh? Oh, boy. Oh, we, 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 oh. <laughs> it was great. We watched 1996's I just, I, Matilda. What? What do you want to say? Can I just tell you that I'm eating sauerkraut and uh, cherries? Oh. And it's delightful. Uh, serious snacks? Sauerkraut and cherries? Hey, that's still a thing that we do. I don't know how I feel about... I mean, sure. Sour... It's pretty good. You know... uh, Rain or cherries and... uh, I mean, the sour crate ain't ain't too good because it's from TJ's. Oh, you didn't make it. You know what? You know that... uh, You remember that scene from Ratatouille where... Um, he's eating the che- he's eating the cheese and then he eats the strawberry and then like he's kind of visualizing like there's a little animation above yeah, his head. Yeah, the little fireworks. Yeah, and yeah. then he eats them together. I imagine that if you were to wrap a cherry in sauerkraut, just like an eighteen wheeler would just come crashing through your brain. I just can't imagine. Well, let's see what let's see what happens. I got one cherry left and a, a hefty bite of sauerkraut. Let's eat them at the same time. Okay. Let's see. And describe uh, above your head in a Pixar-like manner. Uh, hold on. Okay. There we go. Okay. Um. God, this is so. This is so unpleasant. <laughs> my my mirror neurons are was... kicking in, and I'm. My my mouth is filling with Dude, saliva, no, was, but only was... in the way that's like you know how you need to prepare to vomit sometimes. Like you're that's about how to it, vomit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that just 
That didn't even taste bad. It's just like both of the flavors canceled out, so it tasted like nothing. That was like, you know what that felt like? It felt like in the movie The Matrix when they have to eat like the sludge to stay alive because it's just what they have to eat. That felt like something that like you have to eat to stay alive. <laughs> yeah, just pure just nutrients. Nothing, nothing enjoyable about it. Oh my god! And those are two things separately that I love with great passion. Yeah, that was not a cool situation. Well, we watched 1996's Matilda, directed by we watched Matilda, none other than Danny uh, uh, DeVito. Hello. Also, whoa, he directed it. He directed it, and he, and he produced it, and starred Danny DeVito, and he, and he started in it and narrated it, and he, he narrated it, which was a weird choice. Um. That was really we'll get really into weird. that. We'll get yeah, into we'll that. we'll get into it. But um, yeah, this movie is from from the mid '90s, uh, based on the Roald Dahl book. Um, in case you're not familiar with Roald Dahl, he also wrote uh, the BFG. He wrote uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. He wrote a lot of books oh. for for children. Um, and I I read a lot of them, but I didn't read. I didn't read this one. I never read Matilda. Um, and I never read... I mean, there's a bunch. James and the Giant Peach. I read that one. Um, Danny, oh, my God. I didn't know this was a part of that whole canon. Yeah, yeah. This is... that's. It's kind of... But it kind of makes sense, right? Like, it sort of has a... The way sure. that he wrote is sort of a whimsical, but also a little dark. Um, yeah. Well, it's always like some kid, like, escaping like nightmarish either upbringing or like living situation yeah yeah to like go on some whimsical quest yeah there's it's it's kind of an uh uh whatchamacallit oh he he also wrote uh the fantastic mr fox all right yeah he wrote a lot um yeah. but uh yeah this was a this was a rolled doll situation um this was a uh this was a josh pick so, Josh, do you want to? This was a Josh pick. Do you want to tell a little bit about your history with this movie? Well, it's a movie that I haven't, I have not visited since probably single digit age. Oh, really? <coughs> yeah, I. Are you okay? I watched this when I was a, a. No, I watched this when I was a little little one, and then I just never, I never picked it up again. But I remember when I watched it. It uh, it both intrigued me and it also scared me. Like, cause there's a lot of there's some hor- hor- horrific things in this movie. Yeah. Like if you're if you're a kid, and I remember some of that being like, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to uh, uh, expose myself to this if I don't have to. And um, the magic of it, like I remember the magic of it being like, oh, ooh, that's cool. But like I was already so knee deep and so much other like sci-fi and fantasy i was like oh, i can pass this up pretty easily so mm. this didn't really stick with me yeah but seeing it as a kid like it definitely had an impact yeah i i also i think that we probably had the same relationship then with this movie because i watched it i know that i've seen it either as a kid or maybe as a young um like a preteen or something because i i knew that i had seen it and i kind of knew the gist of it was that she had these powers and it it wasn't ever really fully explained um why she had the powers but she was super duper smart um and now of of course upon rewatching it and kind of knowing knowing that it was a roll doll joint 
um, that that totally makes sense to me that I would that I would have somewhat jived with the character, but I but I do agree that I think when this came out, we were eight years old, and by then like Star Wars was a thing, um, you know, just a lot of fantastical stuff was was out. Um, I you know I, I just was more interested. Well, not in, only in like. I guess nerdy stuff or maybe kind of geeky, the really strict like sci-fi well, not fantasy. Only, yeah. Not only that, but it's like there was a lot of sci-fi out at that point and like mysticism that was very much geared towards boys. And like yeah. at that age, I was still very much like, I'm looking for, I'm looking for people that I look like in my, in my movies and in my TV shows and stuff. Like Macaulay yeah. Culkin was huge. So it's like, okay, I, I don't have to work very hard to find stuff that I relate to. And it's like Matilda is very clearly like, okay, let's have something that's not just all, all boys. Yeah. It, was, it was a girl. It was a girl's movie. Yeah. Uh, and so but it all, but it I think part of that really. was also like, I like this movie, but also, well, it was enough at that age where I was like, I, it's yucky. It's girls. Like, yeah. I I'll watch it and it's good, but like I gotta watch boy movies. Yeah, I think that I think that that is true because when I when I'm honest with myself and when I do like check in with myself about being a little boy, especially in our in our society of like you know the boy the, here's the boy movies and here's the girl movies and invariably what happens is there's ten times as many boy movies, so boy quote unquote boy movies just become the default, right? But I, I do know that, like, if I look a little eight-year-old Evan, I'm like, do you want to watch Matilda? He would be like, fuck you. That's a girl's name. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not going to watch. In that voice, yeah. hey, those words. Fuck you. I'm not going to watch no girl movie. Do you want to watch Amelie? No. <laughs> like, I would, I just wouldn't have have chosen it. It wouldn't have, uh, which I think is why I never probably never you want to watch too. robocop 2 yeah! yeah do you want to watch james and the giant peach yeah do you want to watch um you know toy story which has a, a boy in it and has all these boy toys in it like yeah of course um but yeah this one just i i it didn't didn't appeal to me but um but upon rewatching it Maybe my attitudes on it have changed. Maybe my opinions on it have changed. Well, there's only one way to find out, mister. You're going to have to join nope, us. we're both chauvinists. <laughs> I mean, misogynists. God damn it. damn it. You spoiled it. Well, in any case, we have to take a short break, and then we'll be right back with more Tapes, Tapes, Tapes. <laughs> Tapes, tapes, fans. This is Morgan, your fan club president. It's season two, and if you're like me, you've been thinking about how you can pay your fan club dues. I talk to the boys, and it's actually pretty easy. We can let our friends know all about the podcast and that it can be found on Spotify, Apple iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and their website, tapestapestapes.podbean.com. Other than that, we can send the boys an email, we can pour our hearts out, we can write fan fiction, we can send in fan art, and we can send it all to 88tapesbaby at gmail.com. All right, I'm going to let the boys do their thing. Back to the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Hey, everybody. Thanks uh, for taking that break. <laughs> Shut it. 
We're not we're not going to explain any of why for the next for the next half of this podcast. I think both Josh and I are both going to be like, my tongue's touching my teeth. My tongue isn't. Um. So yeah, we we rewatched it. So I watched it with Morgan. Morgan also grew up with this movie. That's my beautiful wife for first time listeners. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> who you just heard on the break. Um, so she grew up with this. This one was very near and dear to her. So she was, <clears throat> so she was looking forward to, to rewatching it. And I don't think that either of us knew that Danny DeVito had directed it. So that was kind of a, kind of a weird. Surprise. I didn't even realize he was in it. But yeah, Danny DeVito. So that was really weird. Uh, that was something that struck me immediately upon rewatching it. Was just like. Wait a minute. The narrator is describing this horrible man. Um, that's, that's also him. That's also him. That's really and Danny DeVito just has such a distinctive, like it's it's not like I don't know. He he just he can't cha- he can't change his voice to like be two different people like that. No, he and nor would he ever make an attempt to. Um, so I mean that that was kind of weird. Um, but other than that, I would say that I remembered most of what happened. Like, I remembered Ms. Trunchbull, and I remembered oh, God, yeah. the story of, um, like, I remembered that the teacher was actually her um, niece. Is that correct? Um, yeah, I got a little lost during that when they were talking about, like, the lineage. Yeah, it was, like, the big house that Ms. Trunchbull lived in was owned by, um, Ms., uh, I don't remember her name, um, what was that lady's name? Embeth Davids. Uh, okay. Who <laughs> was Miss? Oh, Miss Honey. Honey. Yeah, yeah, Miss yeah, Honey. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Embeth Davids was the was the actress who played her. Um, and she was also in uh, Army of Darkness. Little little fun fact. Oh, was she? Yeah, she played opposite Bruce Campbell. I would say, other than um, other than Rhea Perlman and Danny DeVito, I didn't recognize anybody from this movie. I do, I nope. do remember um, Mara Wilson, the girl, the the girl who played. Uh, Matilda. Well, she was in like uh, Miracle on Twenty First. She was like a star of all those movies. She was a she was a child star. Yeah, she was in Ms. Doubtfire. She was in Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Um, but she she retired from acting. We we learned in two thousand. Um, and she now she's a writer. She she writes plays and stuff, and does mm. does like live theater. Um, but yeah, not a lot of. I wouldn't say there was much star power in this movie. Um, which, you know, sometimes... <laughs> Danny DeVito begs to differ. <laughs> well, yeah, Danny DeVito. He, he pl- played four roles, like directing, producing, voiceover, and uh, the horrible dad. Um, what did you think upon upon re-watching this? What, what jumped out to your ass? Well, uh, first off, that I loved it. Okay, <laughs> uh, yes. I, I I had a blast. Uh, it it's funny that like this, you know, you got you got to be real careful. Uh, these is with movies like this where it kind of is like stories and kind of a fairy tale style mm-hmm. that talks about kids getting mistreated. Yeah, because like now it's just like uh, there's not so much of like 
like that kind of cautionary tale, like whimsical world of like them kind of growing out of their like bad situation to the good ones where like that feels impactful since like, I don't know, there's just so much stuff that's just like, we already got enough terrible shit happening to kids right now and everybody's aware of it to the, to the point where it seems like nobody wants to watch stories of kids like getting like, you know, essentially tortured in their household and tortured at school yeah. and like all these things. But uh, that aside, like, it's a really fun movie in kind of a fantasy setting of, like, this kid, like, with abusive parents, but, like, you never yeah, really feel neglect. like... Extreme neglect. Extreme neglect, but the thing is, is that you don't feel like the kid's in danger. Like, Matilda is always in a situation where she's just, like, forced to be on her own, which in some ways you kind of root for, because then it's like, oh, she's finally away from those idiots. Yeah. Let's, like, get get to business. And at school, it's like, it's scary, but it still doesn't feel, it's not real. It's like, it's like she's putting kids in like, essentially Iron Maidens and like, uh, yeah. doing all this weird shit. So it's, it's just, so it's weird. so detached from reality. It's so detached from reality. And she shot puts that, kids like, out the window. Like, it just is or so gr- weird. grabs kids by their pigtails and throws them into the garden. <laughs> <laughs> like a, f- a hundred, a literally a football field away. That was so weird. That that very first introduction to to Ms. Trunchbull, and then she throws the girl by her pigtails. But then she almost lands on the really sharp fence. But then she just clears it and lands in a field of flowers and reaches out her hand and and grabs all the flowers. It just was like that is so bizarre. <laughs> like what a weird way. It, it well it, it but it feels very like. I, I'm reading this out of, like, a storybook yes. for kids. Like, the mean old teacher grabs her by the pigtails. Because it's, like, something you would fear as a little kid. Like, oh, don't pull my hair. Yes. Oh, my God, she threw him over there. But, like, well, she's it's a bully. Just, it's still a, and, you know, kids do that to each other when they're being bullies. But she's, yeah, she's the teacher exactly. being like, a bully. Yeah. There's, no re- there's nothing real about her. So it's, like, in a way, less a little less scary. Like, hmm, that's she's always... Scr- She's always shouting and being like a 10 and kind of being this cartoon. I feel like if it was a little bit more like still and quiet and serious, like you'd be like, oh, this isn't this isn't fun anymore. That's interesting that you mentioned that. Yeah, because I because I also felt like um, she I mean, she's definitely a very two dimensional character. Like there's there's nothing and she and the family like Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman and the brother like. They're just, there's no third dimension to them. Um, and that's that's how it should be with those, yeah. in a story like this with those kinds of characters. Because you don't, you don't need to root for the neglectful, you know, there doesn't need to be you, like... You don't gotta think, you gotta, gotta think too hard about those characters, you're focused on Matilda. Yeah, and, and it kind of, it does reinforce that like, I think it reinforces the relatability of the Matilda character and Ms. Honey... Um, and that's a really, that's a really cool thing, I think, for kids to be able to relate to Matilda because she's really smart and she reads a ton of books. And I think that's, yeah, that's such like, like a cool thing to be like, to encourage kids pave to like, your, pave your own path at four years old. Yeah. And go to the library and like promote all of these, uh, all of these kinds of, um, yeah, I, I just think that that's a really, that's a really <laughs> sweet thing to do. And then if you do that enough, kids, you'll acquire Phoenix from X-Men-like <laughs> yeah. 
powers. Yes, you will you will be like uh Carrie from Stephen King. <laughs> That's how you'll exactly <laughs> like, I was thinking about that while I was watching it. It's like, when are we gonna see Marvel prevents Matilda? Because like there's <laughs> dude there's some punch there. She's too OP though. Like once she unlocks her, her full telekinetic abilities, the last like third of the movie or the whatever the climax of the movie you're just like, dude, Trunchbull, you have no chance. Like well, it's just going to turn into like uh, what they always do with like Phoenix in the X-Men movies where it's like, oh, fuck, she's too powerful. How do we stop her? <laughs> I would That's love the to story see, of Matilda yeah, in 2019. I would love to see that that Matilda 2 when it comes out. The bring her out of retirement, dude. Bring Mara Wilson out of retirement. Um yeah, okay. You, so you loved it. I had a I had a pretty good time. I would say that I I did start to lose a little bit of interest right around the time that we did start hearing about like, oh, Miss Trunchbull is Miss Honey's aunt. Um, yeah, I, I, that, maybe that's why I had a hard time retaining it. I had I just had a little bit of a hard time like continuing to. Fo- I, I kind of got on my phone a little bit, you know, surfing Reddit. Um, so. But then, but then I, I was able to get back in, and, and I thought it was pretty funny. I thought that the the gag of Matilda replacing Danny DeVito's um, hair oil or his hair tonic with hydrogen peroxide was amazing, and him gluing or her gluing his hat to his hair. I just, I don't know. I just thought that was so funny. And yeah, they were good gags, and he was just so blind to like. Somebody did this. He just was like, I don't know who did this. So everybody's going to sit down and we're all going to watch TV and eat dinner. And it's like, wait, dude, what? <laughs> you have, he just, you have I, no I love that character because he this? makes no sense. Yeah. He makes no sense. Like literally doesn't have a lick of common sense inside of him. Oh, and you that's had the, why it's so fun. You had the Pee Wee Herman uh, cameo. Yeah, Paul Rubens yeah, was in Paul it, Rubens just like as a it. as a detective. And then at the end of the movie, like just to add to the insanity, the end of the movie, Matilda is just like, "I have I have adoption papers. You could just sign these because they come up to Miss Honey's house, <laughs> and there she's like, they're like, get in the car, we gotta go, we gotta go to Mexico, and you can hear the police sirens in the background, and she just so happens to have adoption papers, and they sign it." It's just like, what a weird... <laughs> we got to wrap this up. We got to wrap up this movie. We got to get it to print. We got to get it out. Yeah, I don't know if that's how it ends in the book, too. But it's almost like Roald Dahl was like, mm, I was only paid to write 120 pages. <laughs> and, uh, I've got... let's, let's just... let's just. I'm not going to even shrink the font. Let's just get through this. Let's just get through this. Here's 10 pages on this. Um, I really something I found endearing about the movie was like when they were kind of first setting up like Matilda with all the other kids. I really liked all the kid actors, like all the kind of like cast of characters that like Matilda interacted with. All of her friends were cool. All these they like all were like I don't know. There was something about how they were like talking and like it it reminded me of like Rugrats, where it's like these very like well spoken kids in kind of a high pitched voice. Yeah, but like you're still get you're you're getting every word that they're saying, and it's so interesting. It's not like um the, like they're they know how to like talk in full sentences, and it's very like you're just you're on your seat of your chair like oh what's going on. I think that also had to what do with the about? with the sort of presentation style of the of the story. 
was they they yeah. weren't going to have like a dumb character. It was all very like pretty much everybody was well spoken or if they weren't it was like very intentional like Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman's character and and the brother who's yeah. kind of the the Dudley a la Harry Potter. Um going back to what we were talking about earlier about like is it a boy movie? Is it just a movie movie? Um I definitely have a I definitely don't feel like this is a girls movie. I mean, I would if I had a child, it wouldn't matter what what gender they were. They, I feel like they could watch this movie and get something out of it. Um, sure. And but I, I just don't know if, if that's how it like. I don't know. No, I think at the time in the '90s, like I, I'm not a you know I'm not a professional at this, but it feels like it was gearing towards like young young girls because there you know there really wasn't a lot of other movies that were out that were like here's a protagonist that has like magical powers and like it's pretty much an entire cast of females like so yeah i would say like when but it came out like it was she probably was reading, promoted it's not like she was playing with dolls or it's not like she was wearing pink or it's not like she was doing anything specifically gendered i mean hell she was reading moby dick in the in the... no but i'm talking about like representation like you're actually seeing like people you know young girls are looking at a tv screen and they're going like oh they that's somebody that looks like me yeah i just i feel like it's it's just sad to me that i you know i'm just i guess i'm just experiencing guilt for like having thought that and also how easy it would be for for people to be like oh yeah that's a girl's movie or whatever when it's like no it, yeah. it's not a it's not a girl's movie like per se it isn't it isn't necessarily marketed at girls it does have very strong feminine or feminist representation like especially the thing that I just thought of, Matilda is like a math whiz. And that's such yeah. like a stereotype against women that like, oh, women can't do math. They can't do like, they, they can't. That's why they can't be like computer engineers if you ask the fucking head of Google who got in trouble a couple of years ago or whatever. Like, mm. I just think that, that that's really cool that she's able to do like these enormous sums in her head. Um, yeah, all these all these things that tackle in this movie are universal. Like, it doesn't have to do with None of them have to do with like a particular gender or whatever the case may be. Yeah. It's, but I still, it's like, I could imagine like the board of directors or whoever were, it's like, oh, we should do this movie because it's, let's, let's, you know, let's get a cast in here. So like, it's something that like little girls will want to watch, you know? That's so sad. Like, I still feel like that was part, well, that's just how it was. And like, and I guess yeah, it I'm is glad that like, we're more aware of it now, but sh I didn't know about that shit when I was like eight years old. Yeah. Like I didn't, I wouldn't have cared. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's too, it's too bad that we still. I don't know. I mean, it, that that happens nowadays, right? Like, let's do Evan. This is why we do the podcast. I know, I know. But so, okay, all right. Well, I think we're ready. Unless there's anything else you want to like, do you have a, a favorite bit? Oh my god, the pigtail scene. You really. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, scene. I feel like the 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 most famous scene of like. Well, first off, she doesn't really get her powers until two-thirds of the way through the movie, which, like, feels a little odd to me, but it still kind of works. Uh, but when she's, they're playing, do -do 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 -do, and she's, like, going around the house, like, testing shit out. Like, that's fun. Oh, but yeah, yeah. the pigtails scene, I think, is just, like, it's so bizarre, yet so, like, it kind of makes sense for the movie oh. that, like, it just stuck with me. Another iconic scene is the kid eating the cake. 
Oh my god, that's terrifying. It, it is a terrifying like, scene. It it really hits you in the gut. So the scene is, uh, oh my god, the principal, the what whatever her name is, she uh, assembles every student in this in the conference hall or the assembly room, yeah. just so that she can single out one student of like three hundred for eating her cake out of her office. And the kid admits to it in front of the entire class and then forced to eat an entire, like a cake the size of his body <laughs> yeah. in front of everybody. And yeah. it's like the gross, like, lunch lady. But yeah. the kid does it. Yeah. He does it. And, like, Matilda cheers him on. And it's like a little champ- moment of championship. But then you're like, oh, that kid's got, you know, that kid's, like, falling asleep into a coma right after well, this. Well, then she, once he does finish, like, triumphantly eating the cake, she drops the glass plate on his head. Ugh. So she she knocks him out. Which, again, it just, like, I know that sounds horrible. Oh, my God, an, an adult, like an adult dropping a glass plate on, on like a little kid's head, but it just is so absurd that it, it's, it, it almost doesn't even come across as like, Oh my God, this is child abuse. It just comes across as like, this lady is a fucking asshole. (laughs) Well, they're they're Yeah. They're just devices to illustrate the necessity for whatever's going to happen in the story. Like, yeah, it's not about those people. And she, I mean, basically that scene from my perspective, as as a, a, a you know a fat kid and a fat adult, like the scene is basically she's trying to fat shame him for having eaten cake, and he's like, "I eat cake," and then and then at the end, and then he tastes it. And he goes, "It's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good." And then he just <laughs> eats it all. And yeah, he is feeling bad. But then Matilda's like, "You do it." Like I think that that's really cool that she that she supported him and then the whole assembly hall got really excited and then he was like you know what i do love cake i thought that was i don't think that they handled it in a necessarily like super body positive way i'm sure that it's it's fucked up probably more so than most kids movie at that at that time yeah i mean it it was like oh yeah of course let's pick the fat kid who too like went out of his way to eat the cake but but at the end of the day like it wasn't him being fat that punished him. It was uh, her dropping a glass plate on his head. Joshua. Oh, Joshua. Do you be kind in her wife? I was drawing it out. You were taking too long. <laughs> I give this a be kind and rewind. <laughs> I give it a be kind of. I, was gonna I think keep, it's great. I was going to keep singing for like another 20 seconds. <laughs> yeah, I could feel it. I could feel your breathiness. I think this movie's great. <sighs> I think uh, it, it. I don't get. I never hear about it. Like, I don't know if people are still watching it. It's got it, a 90% like, but, on yeah, Rotten go. Tomatoes. So it it's deserves from it. from like a critical standpoint, I think that the critics would agree. Um, I I also will go ahead and give it a, a be kind and rewind. Um, oh, so Evan, here's the situation. Ding. Uh, you watch the movie Matilda, and uh, you can give it a rating of be kind and rewind, eject did. and reject, or other. Uh, what's what do you do? I give it a be kind and rewind. All right. <laughs> That's great. 
Um, just trying to just, just bringing it back to yeah. I'll, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I wonder how many episodes because I don't see that ending. I don't see us stopping referring to. <laughs> here's the situation. Um, no, we'll just keep it to this episode. Keep it contained. All right. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, I would I would like to, but I just I don't know if I believe in us. Um, I do. So even though we both be kind and rewinded. Um, if you had to suggest another movie, what would you suggest? Probably, uh, James and the Giant Peach, honestly. I know it's like okay. the same writer, but, but, uh, I don't know. It has, that's, uh, it's got a similar amount of whimsy to it, even more so. Yeah. Uh, but it has kind of a similar story arc. It's just not about like a kid getting powers. It's about a kid going on like a fantastic voyage. Yeah, I. But it's all about the voyage. Is there? A, I don't remember if there's a. Um, is there like a main villain? Well, so I mean, it's about the kid in James and the. Well, we should just watch it. All right. Well, we'll just watch it in a future episode. I'm I'm super okay with watching that one because I. That one, yeah, me too. much like this, like I have not visited that one at all, but I, um, I know that there's, is there a musical or is there like a live, I know there's like a stage version. I don't know if it's a musical. Oh, um, uh, I don't know. I guess other people got nostalgia bones for it. Yeah. I guess similarly, if you didn't want to watch Matilda, um, then probably the reason that you don't want to watch Matilda is because it's a quote unquote girls movie. So... You know, first, firstly, screw you. Uh, re-examine your personal biases. Um, but secondly, I guess you can go watch Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the original one with Gene Kelly. Don't try to watch the Johnny Depp version. Well, isn't it called something different? Like, isn't because one's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and the other one's just like Willy Wonka. Yeah, the the, the movie is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, or no? Yes, yes, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, nineteen seventy one, um, and then Charlie and the Chocolate Factory in two thousand and five. Um, and if you are already super duper familiar with that, you might not be familiar with the book sequel, Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator, which I also read a bunch as a kid, and that was also fantastic. And that one was never made into a movie, but that's my recommendation. Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator. They get into an elevator and they go all around the world and it's cool. Do you think they should make a movie out of it? No, because if they did, it would be they would have Tim Burton do it, and so. Oh God, yeah, he, that guy needs to. We need to just wait for. He needs to be stopped. Yeah, we need to just wait for him to like retire, or I don't know. Why do they keep doing it? Because people go see his movies. Why do they? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm just because they hold out hope. Like, I think he's been in, like, a 30-year slump. I, I just don't understand. Ugh. That's really sad. All right. Thanks, everybody, yeah, they, for... <laughs> let's uh, end on it. Let's end on a Tim Burton uh, shit note. Watching and listening. Watching with your ears. All right, Josh. I've got Let's one one last situation for you. Okay. Uh, Wait, am I a rush again? You're Yeah, sure. 
I can't. Okay. <laughs> I can't really recall okay. the difference between the two of them. But I think you do a better rush than I than either of us do a TJ Jagodowski. So, um, all right, rush. So here's the situation. Yeah. You have a choice of getting a new pet. Um, the pet has to live in your apartment. Um, mm-hmm. it has to be able to fit in your apartment and you have three choices. Um, and you have to choose one. You can't just say, Oh, I don't want any of these. Would you like to have as a pet, a parakeet, an axolotl or an anaconda? Okay. So let me, uh, uh, just so that I, I have the parameters of this, uh, Totally ironed down. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is my current apartment. Your current apartment. In Chicago, you, you Illinois. You can't move. Okay. Okay. Uh, and Say you're locked the into animal like a ten-year lease. Are got it? Oh, ten-year lease. Wow. Well, I don't know how I would have got there, but it just means I'm stuck with this animal for a, a long time, for a significant period of time. Most of the life of the animal, I'm going to be with it. Okay. And <laughs> God, uh, so parakeet. And uh, the parakeet. What was the? I am. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm a little unsure of the second animal. Oh, an axolotl. It's kind of like a salamander. Okay. Okay. Uh, so then, uh, and then the last one is what was it again? An anaconda. Anaconda. So uh, right off the bat, I'm thinking the uh, uh, the salamander animal because it's in a cage. It's going to be contained. Uh, you know, in terms of like being able to kind of live my own life and kind of design the houses I want to, that keeps it kind of in a nice area of effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I bring a bird into the house, you know, uh, that's certain factors that people are going to, like if I'm having friends over, is it going to smell? Is it, you know, mm. going to take up a certain amount of area where I might want to have a piece of furniture? And an anaconda, I, you know, I respect the game for having the anaconda in here, but uh, let's be real here. Uh, that's going to take up most of my bedroom. Uh, and what I'm, do you I'm not going to want it. I mean... Well, I, I'm gonna have to feed it mammals. I'm gonna. You have to get mice uh, or other mice, mouse other small mammals. That's just. I, think I know that if I had an anaconda and I had to live with it for ten years, it's taken my room. I'll sleep in the living room. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to make that thing upset. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm right. I'm. I think I'm right there with you. Axolotl would be uh, my what choice. Would you and also, it's it's kind of an interesting animal. Wait, did I lose you again? Yes. No, oh, that was such a good finish. <laughs> well, that's. The end of the podcast. <laughs> we love your ass. Wait. Oh, I think my... Oh, my... No, no, no. That's the end. My Bluetooth. No, no, no. My Bluetooth just... Okay, I'm back. Well, you're back just in time for us to leave. <laughs> okay, goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Listen, uh, uh, oh, I got an email. Oh, it disappeared. Okay, bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>